When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Way is sponsored by TBR, Book Riot's subscription service offering tailored book recommendations for readers of all stripes. Want great new books to read but are overwhelmed by all the publishing buzz? Let us help. Tell TBR about your reading preferences and what you're looking for, and sit back while your bibliologist handpicks recommendations just for you. TBR offers plans to receive hardcover books in the mail or recommendations by email, so there's an option for every budget. TBR is produced in partnership with Print, a bookstore in Portland, Maine, so you can treat your shelf and support an indie too. Visit mytbr.co to sign up today. That's mytbr.co. Welcome to Hey YA. From great new books to favorite classic reads, from news stories to the latest in on-screen adaptations, Hey YA is here to elevate the exciting world of young adult lit. Hey YA is a book riot podcast hosted by Kelly Jensen, that's me, and Eric Smith. We are recording on Friday, May 22nd, and Eric, what episode number is this? It's episode 69. (laughs) 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 Kelly, I... (laughs) <laughs> I'm a man child. You can't throw that joke at me. <laughs> you weren't expecting that either, were you? I was, I was not. <laughs> I I started laughing as I was doing the intro because you have a note that says, do not make a nice joke on podcast, Eric. So then I was like, <laughs> I'll skip down and make sure that he's caught off guard. And <laughs> Well done. <laughs> you know, this is a YA podcast, so we can make these kinds of jokes and yeah. know that it's, you know, part of adolescent humor right yeah it's part of the canon it is man so my reading the last couple weeks um has been kind of slow but i feel okay about it i finished a really great book which i referenced uh in the last episode and wrote a blurb for an author that i love and then i read a couple other books that i'm going to talk about later in the episode as well as the book that i talked with another author about for the next hey extra credit which is fantastic uh, it's a book i read before and loved it more the second time nice so lots of secrets yeah lots of secrets yeah so that's that's my reading life right now um did you get your hands on the new hunger games book a copy uh literally hit my inbox on tuesday and my door mailbox on tuesday and i am excited to read it but also not sure how soon I want to like I can't decide if I want to reread the entire series first and then pick up the prequel or if I want to start with the prequel and do a read through oh that's exciting uh yeah no I got my copy mine showed up on Tuesday uh I haven't read it yet it's like sitting on my shelf I don't know. I'd love to reread the trilogy, but I'm probably just going to like watch the movies really fast <laughs> and then and then re- read the prequel um but yeah no I'm excited to read it like I'm I'm so intrigued by by the premise and how it's going to work. I, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I need to read it. What have you been reading though, outside the 
pile of books that someday you'll get to? Like, what have you actually gotten to? Yeah. So, so I'm still on my like trip through all the Walking Dead comics. Um, and like, I, uh, I kind of wish I wrote about comics someplace because like the last half of the Walking Dead spends like a lot of time with this like wildly unlikable villain. Uh, and it feels like they're building him up for some kind of redemption arc, but considering everything he's done in the other books, it's it's impossible. Like, it can't happen. And if they aren't building him up to be redeemed, I don't know why we're spending so much time with, like, this garbage <laughs> person. And if anyone who's listening uh, has read or watched The Walking Dead, I'm talking about this character uh, named Negan, who is just, like, a garbage character. And we spend all this time. Kelly, it's 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 crazy. It, it, I, I can't. I'm, I'm <laughs> But I need to finish it. I only have, like, six more volumes left. And, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I guess that goes... I guess that's in line with the theme of villains getting a lot of time in the story since the Hunger Games prequel is about snow, yep. right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm just I'm just waiting for him to get eaten. Like just get <laughs> rid of him. And but they're spending all this time. As for like actual YA that I'm reading, um so I got an early copy of Lauren Morrill's It's Kind of a Cheesy Love Story. Mm. Um her rom-com set in a pizza shop with a about a teen girl who's born inside said pizza shop and is promised a job when she's old enough. And I'm just loving it so much. It's exhaustively funny and very touching. Um, I mean, it's the book I've been clamoring for since she, like, vaguely talked about it on Instagram as, like, her pizza rom- I think she said calling it, like, pizza rom-com. So I'm really hyped about that. And I started picking away at this book called The Grace and the Fever by Zan Romanoff. Um, so so Kitty Katungo recommended her um, to me during a uh hey why extra credit episode which will be airing soon and i'll i'll dig more into that book uh, a little bit later and other than that i don't know i'm just swamped with like client work right now and trying to do stuff for my day job and i i have two manuscripts due at the end of august so you know i'm allowing myself a solid panic attack once a week as a treat uh <laughs> which which you know panic attacks they they get in the way of my reading time so i'm reading a little bit less mm, for real and not to mention there's just so much else going on that like Focusing to read can be a challenge. It's true. Like generally this time of year, you know, pandemic not included, this is a slower time for me. I don't know if you have this experience, but I've noticed the longer I'm a reader, the more I see where I come and go in waves with my reading. And it seems like the start of sort of the summer season, the wanting to be outside more is when I start to see a drop in my reading. Yeah. No, yeah, I agree. I agree. Oh, and I also started listening to um, the last book on the left. It's it's the 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 book by the guys who do that last podcast on the left podcast. Um, that like, oh my god, my wife hates it. It's like this podcast <laughs> about like conspiracy theories and serial killers, and just it's just it's like a, I don't know a guilty pleasure listen. But I really really love it, and uh, yeah, I'm listening to the podcast right now, and it's it's like having these like three guys that make me laugh on the regular, just sort of hanging around in my house. <laughs> Even though my wife doesn't want them to be hanging around in the house. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hit our first sponsor and then dive deep into our first topic, which we right. have sort of skimmed the surface on a little bit. The first sponsor is Mooncakes by Suzanne Walker and illustrated by Wendy Sue. Teen witch Nova Wong spends her days working in her grandmother's spell bookshop and her nights haunting down the supernatural. Genderqueer werewolf Tam Lang was Nova's childhood crush. One fateful night, they wander back into their old hometown and wind up battling a giant horse demon in the woods. When Tom returns to Nova for help, 
their latent feelings are rekindled against the backdrop of witchcraft, untested magic, occult rituals, and family ties in an enchanting tale of self-discovery. Pick up a copy of the Hugo Award-nominated Mooncakes by Wendy Sue and Suzanne Walker today. I haven't read this one yet, and I really want to. Yeah, I read it. It was in the stack of my, my graphic novels that I've been getting through, and it's just... Ugh. It brought me so much joy, and I'm so happy that like Wendy Wendy Zoo has like, Jesus, how many? I, I know I, I know there was like a so like many. a three book deal for yeah. uh, their graphic novel, so yeah, we're gonna get yeah. a lot more from them soon. Which is great. We could always use more good creative comics for kids for teens. You know, yes, please. We're getting more and more, and it's just exciting to see so many come up. So, uh. Let's talk about summer in YA. Like, I am a huge fan of summer. It is my favorite season, in part because there's so much to do, um, particularly in Chicagoland during the summer when the weather is decent, like two or three days. And uh, (laughs) I love going to concerts. You know, I'm also aware that this summer is not going to look like summer's past. The three concerts I had tickets for have been canceled or rescheduled. I'm pretty sure that none of the fairs that I love going to are going to happen. So I'm really trying to cultivate as much joy and excitement at home that I can. I've like been creating this really cozy porch reading area. I've got my hammock reading area and I just bought a set of rollerblades to do something new as well. So I've been thinking a lot about summer as it shows up in YA and just like, okay, if I can't live my summer (laughs) the way I normally do, I might as well have these like great experiences of summer through YA. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I was listening to you talk about that and it sort of hit me that like, like the theme of like the lost summer, you know, or like the lost holidays or like those lost moments. That's like a, that's a big thing in Mm -hmm. YA, you know, that's a, that's a very, you know, relatable topic. Uh, you know, unfortunately, this is sort of like a, I don't know, it's a lost summer for everybody right now. Mm-hmm. But uh, some of the books I'm, I have in my list here are totally like lost summer books. Mm-hmm. I feel like we maybe way, way back in the early episodes talked about those books that are set like in the summer between big life events, yeah. you know, like between junior year and senior year, or senior year and, you know, going off to college and those are, I don't want to say they're lost summers, but some of them are. Um, some of those stories kind of dig into that idea. And I'm particularly interested in summer this year, not just because it's going to look different, but it's longer than normal. I'm kind of like, we're recording this the Friday before Memorial Day, but after Memorial Day, there's still a whole nother week of May. <laughs> it's so, time is so strange right now. But let's let's take what time we have and talk about some summer YA. I'll go first and then we'll we'll get rolling. So my first pick is Again Again by E. Lockhart. And this one is out June 2nd. So next week by the time you listen to this. But I wanted to highlight it because I think it's one that is going to fall under the radar. It's not one of the splashy thrillers that Lockhart has been doing recently, but it's very much a return to the feeling and voice and philosophical fun, and and I do mean fun, um, of some of her earlier works. So the story follows a girl named Adelaide who is at a boarding school, Alabaster Prep Academy, and her father is a teacher there. Her mother and her younger brother, Toby, are living in Baltimore hours away from them, and 
the why of this sort of remains quiet for a while in the book, but it's eventually revealed that Toby has a drug addiction and their mother is staying there to help ensure that he finds a way to recover. So Adelaide and her father move so he can continue to make an income for the family and so that she can get this really good education. Except it won't go that way, at least not in the reality that they're in. So summer's just starting. Adelaide has a job walking dogs for the various teachers at her school. And when she's at the dog park, she meets this boy named Jack. And pretty much immediately starts falling for him. And as much as she starts to pursue him, it's clear to the reader he's not super interested in her. And yet she still, like, really wants this relationship. And as the book goes on, what you see is that it's an exploration of the multiverse or what happens in alternate versions of the world in which you're living. And it's fascinating to see all the different ways that Adelaide's story could go and the the things that actually happened versus like what could have happened versus how those endings look differently. And it's a really clever book. It's full of love and hope and it's it's super smart. I, I love that Adelaide isn't necessarily likable and some of her choices will make readers really unhappy, but <laughs> that's that's what makes her super complex and compelling altogether because there's also this this undercurrent of you just you feel for her and the situation she's in and you can really tell how much she loves her brother and wants her brother to get better and um, yet some of the choices she makes uh, in her real life as opposed to the other alternates you're like why would you do that if you love him so deeply but she's a teenager trying to figure her stuff out and that's that's what happens and that is for again again by e lockhart <laughs> so so this is funny i initially thought this like summer ya roundup was like books coming out in the summer so no. i wrote like a <laughs> i wrote like a whole thing about forest of souls by Lori m lee which is like this like you know, like intense epic fantasy novel about like <laughs> assassins and queens. Uh, and then I looked down. I'm like, oh wait, no, that's this is an exact. That's not exactly like a summary book. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, everyone should still check out Forest of Souls, which comes out. Uh, I think comes out the week this podcast airs. <laughs> you know what? Some people take their summers very fantastically. So. There you go. That's true. That's true. So I think the first one I'll bring up um, is Girl Out of Water by Laura Silverman. Uh, because as you were talking earlier and I was thinking about Lost Summers, uh, this is totally one of those Lost Summers books. And I don't think I've ever talked about this one. Um, but it's such a good, like, summer of my dreams gone to hell kind of novels. Um, uh, but, you know, sometimes when that happens, you learn about a lot about yourself, uh, even in hell, which is a nice treat. And in Girl Out of Water, we meet uh, a niece uh, who can't wait for the summer before her last year of high school to hit the beach, go surfing, you know, just all that good, like, I'm a teen, it's summer, I'm going to hang out on the beach stuff. Um, and then she's whisked away to Nebraska uh, to take care of her cousins, uh, where she's trapped in her mother's childhood home. Uh, and she ends up finding herself wrestling with all of her, you know, sort of deep-seated abandonment issues because her mom isn't exactly around anymore. Uh, and then serious FOMO, as all of her friends are having this awesome time back at home. And then she meets a boy, you know, and starts learning about herself. And maybe there's some romance and, and you know, maybe being... Landlocked in Nebraska isn't as bad as she thinks it is. And yeah, it's a lost summer book, but you know, it's also a, a reclaimed summer book. And that's uh, Girl Out of Water by Laura Silverman. 
my next pick, I guess, is sort of similar in terms of being a lost summer slash reclaimed summer book. And that is In a Perfect World by Trish Doler. Uh, this is a story about a girl named Caroline who is super ready for her summer. She plans to work the local amusement park and explore the weird parts of Ohio with her boyfriend. But her mom gets this offer to open an eye clinic in Cairo, Egypt. And this area really needs her services, so she's going. And that means Caroline's plans are out the door and she will be spending her summer and also her senior year in a new country where she knows nobody where she has no friends to connect with, none of the rituals she's used to, and she will have a lot of time alone by herself. Uh, but as much as Caroline is worried and sad about this, she starts to learn that her perceptions are incorrect. Uh, she is finding herself exploring the culture in Cairo, uh, taking in all of the sights and sounds and tastes, and maybe even connecting with some people on a deeper level. Uh, this book reminded me of Anna and the French Kiss, but set in Cairo with a main character who is very aware of the privilege she has. It's a love story packed with sweetness and tenderness and the reality of life in a country that is very different than the one that she is uh, used to being in. And I point out the, the bit about privilege because that comes up a few times in the book and I thought that that's what made it especially good as Caroline knows how privileged she is throughout all this. So as much as she's like upset about the things she's giving up, she's also like, wow, what an opportunity. And like, I should like humble myself here. <laughs> and that is In a Perfect World by Trish Doler. All right. My next one is uh, is The Grace and the Fever by Zan Romanoff, who um, yeah, Katie Katunga was telling me about. So yeah, I've been slowly picking away at this one um, since we talked about it. Um, it's set after high school graduation, and a teen girl, Grace, uh, is wrestling with the idea of you know what's going to come next, um, both from leaving school and uh, you know starting to distance herself from the fandom that loves this group called Fever Dream, uh, a secret that she keeps from her friends in real life. She's kind of worried they're gonna they're gonna judge her for her love of this sort of dreamy uh, like boy band. Uh, sort of sort of group um and then you know she meets the singer of that band and a swoony romance begins to spiral out but it's one that reveals how challenging fame can be how dark it can all be and you know considering katie uh Kutungo wrote you know fireworks which is an amazing why novel about that specific era uh her recommendation here meant a lot and you know i'm really enjoying this one and that's uh the grace and the fever by zan romanoff and i hadn't heard of this book until katie brought it up and i don't know i just like it when sort of under-the-radar books uh, surprise me like this. Yeah, I'm a big fan of that, too. Like, the yeah. E. Lockhart one really surprised me, because her last couple books have been thrillers, and they've had these, like, massive marketing budgets and have, were everywhere, and um, they didn't do anything for me. But I picked this one up and was like, yes, it's very similar to, like, her earlier works, uh, hasn't seen much buzz, and was a total delight. My next book is one that also comes out June 2nd, and I haven't read this one yet, but it's near the top of my TBR, so I'm going to give the little Goodreads blip on it, and it's uh, My my Summer of Love and Misfortune by Lindsay Wong, and here's the little, little blurb. Iris Wang is having a bit of a rough start to her summer. In an attempt to snap her out of her funk, Iris's parents send her away to visit family in Beijing with hopes that Iris will, quote, reconnect with her, quote, culture and, quote, find herself. Iris resents her parents' high 
handedness, but even she admits that it might be a good opportunity to hit the reset button. Iris expects to eat a few dumplings, meet some of her family, and visit a tourist hotspot or two. What she doesn't expect is to meet a handsome Mandarin language tutor named Frank and be swept up in the ridiculous, opulent world of Beijing's wealthy elite, leading her to unexpected and extraordinary discoveries about family, her future, and herself. That is My Summer of Love and Misfortune by Lindsay Wong. All right. Uh, And I apologize to our listeners who are hearing the tap, tap, tap right now, but it is raining here in Philadelphia. (laughs) And I don't don't think... I'm not sure a sound engineer can can conquer Mother Nature. Yeah, it's all good. Real life podcasting. Yeah. Uh, so my next pick is uh, I'm going to bring up Katie again, and that's uh, You Say It First by Katie Katungo. Uh, so, you know, it's another YA romance from an author who's published one just, what, like two months ago? The one she wrote with <laughs> Candace Bushnell. Um, and it's definitely uh, one that's on my wish list of books to pick up. I haven't read this one yet, so I'm going to also dish the Goodreads blip here. Meg has her entire life set up perfectly. Her boyfriend Mason is sweet and supportive, and she has her best friend Emily to plan to head to Cornell together in the fall. Uh, and even she finds time to clock shifts at the phone banking at a voter registration call center in her Philadelphia suburb. But everything changes when one of those calls connects her to a stranger from small town Ohio who gets under her skin the moment he picks up the phone. Colby is stuck in a rut, reeling from a family tragedy and working a dead-end job, unsure of what his future holds or if he even cares. The last thing he has time for is some privileged rich girl preaching the sanctity of the political process, so he says the worst thing he can think of and hangs up. But things don't end there. That night on the phone winds up being the first in a series of candid, sometimes heated, always surprising conversations that lead to long-distance friendship, then slowly to something more. Across state lines and phone lines, Meg and Colby form a once-in-a-lifetime connection, but in the end, are they too different to make things work? Hmm. Yeah, and you can hear more about this book in an upcoming Extra Credit episode where I talk to Katie and her other titles. We'll post it eventually. <laughs> <laughs> My next pick is Miriam Sharma Hits the Road by Shiva Karam. Um, so this book brings a main character who has finished her freshman year of college. So it's perfect for those YA readers who are always looking for older YA characters or characters who are in college. So... Miriam, uh, title character, is super eager to hang out with her friend Gaz for the summer. But a photo of Gaz has shown up on a billboard in Times Square, and it's one that her parents consider a little scandalous. So Miriam and friend Umar know that they have to rescue her from her parents. So they're going to go from New Jersey to New Orleans where there is a Muslim convention, something that the three of them know their parents would be okay with them attending, even if their parents aren't happy with how and why they made the choice. Um, So this is a book, a YA book with three brown teens on a road trip seeking some kind of closure in their lives and they find it on the road. It's really fascinating to read this one because so rarely do we see road trip books that feature teens of color and these three in particular are very aware of their skin and what it represents and talk about racism really like dig into it throughout the trip and um at the same time it's a really fun read with a a real look at life as a brown um teenager as Pakistani and Muslim American kids struggling with everyday things like family religion sexuality and figuring out what it is they want to do with their lives and that is Miriam Sharma hits the road by Shiva Karam 
All right, what is my next pick? Uh, so I'm just going to drop a couple of rapid-fire summer YA novel picks here, because uh, I know I've definitely talked about these on the show before. And there's uh, So there's Second Chance Summer by Emery Lord, which is a little bit of a sad YA summer book. Meet Me Here by Brian Bliss, uh, which is one of those lost summer, everything big is taking place in between graduation and maybe going off uh, to the military, in the case of the main character there. Uh, summer Days and Summer Nights by Stephanie Perkins, an anthology that has stories by uh, Brandy Colbert, Nina LaCour, and more. Oh, geez. And then there's Wooden Implement Rishi and Hot Dog Girl, which, <laughs> like, we talk about those two all the time. Uh, yeah, add those to your summer TBR. And I'll, I'll throw out two more as well. Wild Swans by Jessica Spotswood. Um, it's another one of those quiet little books that hasn't been on a lot of read, reader radars. Um, and I'll admit I haven't read it yet, but it's been sitting on my e-reader for a long time. I picked it up immediately after finishing Spotswood's book, The Last Summer of the Garrett Girls, her other quieter contemporary YA set in the summer. This one has a prominent older adult in the book too, which is something I'm always fascinated with in YA. And I'll post a link um, in the show notes to a piece I wrote that rounded up some YA books with cool older characters in them. And so here's the here's the blurb for Wild Swans. Uh, the summer before Ivy's senior year is going to be golden. All bonfires, barbecues, and spending time with her best friends. For once, she will just get to be no summer classes, none of granddad's intense expectations to live up to the family name. For generations, the Milbourne women have led extraordinary lives and died young and tragically. Granddad calls it a legacy, but Ivy considers it a curse. Why else would her mother have run off and abandoned her as a child? But when her mother unexpectedly returns home with two young daughters in tow, all the stories Ivy wove to protect her heart start to unravel. The very people she once trusted now speak in lies, and all of Ivy's ambition and determination cannot defend her against the secrets of the Millbourne past. That is Wild Swans by Jessica Spotswood. And then I wanted to hit one more. This is another one I haven't read, but um, has been on my radar for a while, and I think it's one that so many readers would love, so I want to make sure I talk about it. And that's Show and Prove by Sophia Quintero. Um, and here's a little... Little blippity blip from Goodreads. The summer of 1983 was the summer hip hop proved its staying power. The South Bronx is steeped in Reaganomics, war in the Middle East, and the twin epidemics of crack and AIDS. But Raymond Smiles King and Guillermo Nike Vega have more immediate concerns. Smiles was supposed to be the assistant crew chief at his summer camp, but the director chose Cookie Camacho instead, kicking off a summer long rivalry. Meanwhile, the aspiring b-boy Nike has set up his wandering eye on Sarah, the sweet yet sassy new camp counselor, as well as top prize at break dancing competition downtown. The two friends have been drifting apart ever since Smiles got a scholarship to a fancy private school, and this summer the air is heavy with postponed decisions that will finally be made. Uh, it's a story of music, urban plight, and racial, racial tensions as relevant today as they were in 1983. It sounds really cool. That is uh, Show and Prove by Sophia Quintero. Whew. Do you want to hit a hit our sponsor here? Yes. So our second sponsor for the show today is Private Lessons by Cynthia Salise. After Claire's father's death, 
Only music has helped her challenge her grief. Claire likes herself best when she plays his old piano, a welcome escape from the sadness and her traditional Filipino mother's prayer groups. In the hopes of earning a college scholarship, Claire auditions for Paul Avon, a prominent piano teacher who agrees to take Claire as a pupil. Soon Claire loses herself in Paul's world and his way of digging into the composition's emotional core. She practices constantly, foregoing a social life, but no matter how hard she works or how well she plays, it seems impossible to gain Paul's approval. And that's Private Lessons by Cynthia Salise. And I did a, uh, I did a video talk with her in, uh, Rachel Stroll, uh, not too long ago, on the uh, on good old Twitter, should uh, look it up. Promo alert. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but she says she says more good stuff about her lovely book. So I'm just giving you a hard time. <laughs> Do you want to introduce our next topic? Yes, yeah, so our next topic is uh, 2020 Queer YA for Pride and Beyond. Uh, June is Pride Month, so we want to highlight some uh, super recent upcoming Queer YA uh, for Pride and, well, beyond. <laughs> and I, I wrote a little note here that's spoiler. Uh, you might hear about some of these books again in June. Maybe not as pitches to read them, but in other ways, which is a really Ooh. ominous way of saying, you might hear about some of these books again. <laughs> So let's uh, rattle off a couple of these. Uh, so my first pick uh, is Out Now by Sandra Mitchell. Um, we have another awesome collection from her hitting this, uh, yeah, publishes the week this episode hits, I believe. So it's another great uh, queer anthology featuring authors like Catherine Locke, C.B. Lee, uh, Candice Montgomery, Julian Winter, who's a total AYA favorite, uh, Tara Sim, the list goes on. Uh, and I love the jacket copy, like the Goodreads description for this, because it's such an amazingly different bundle of stories. Like, here we go, it says, uh, Vampires crash prom, aliens run from the government, a president's daughter comes into her own, a true romantic tries to soften the heart of a cynical social media influencer, a selkie in the sea called to a lost soul, <laughs> teapots and bar Barbershops, skateboards and VW vans, Street Fighter and Airy Sword. Like, okay, so it has everything I want. <laughs> uh, and this collection publishes, uh, yeah, the week this episode aired. My first pick is also a book that publishes the week this episode airs, and it is Camp by Lev Rosen. This cover. Ooh. Yeah. Spoiler alert, he is who I did my next Hey YA Extra Credit with. Oh, we no talk- way. Yeah. We went deep into this really great uh, queer way title, but you'll get to hear that the week after this one airs, this episode airs. And uh, anyway, so Camp is this fluffy, fun, summery book. Um, Also super, super queer. It was just optioned for HBO Plus too, so it might come to streaming as well. So, so the book is set at a queer summer camp and it follows Randy, who has fallen for this boy named Hudson in previous summers but never took his shot. He never had the confidence. He thought that uh somebody like Hudson would never go for him. So this year, uh Randy decides he's changing his name and identity and he plans to use this reinvention to finally get with the boy of his dreams. So this is uh Rosen's sophomore YA novel. And it takes down toxic masculinity um, and what it means to accept yourself as you are. There is so much in here about queer communities and queer identity within queer communities. And I will say you kind of have to buy into the concept immediately since it dives (laughs) right in. But uh, it's worth the ride. It absolutely is worth buying into as soon as you as soon as you get to know what the premise is. Um, And I wanted to add to you. This has a very on-page sex scene that 
it's still so rare to see in YA and even more rare to see in queer YA. And um, that's something that we talk about quite a bit in the Hey YA Extra Credit that's going to come out. But I wanted to mention here because I know that that's going to mean a lot to so many readers. And it's just cool to read a book that it's like queer kids at summer camp that's meant for queer kids. It is, it is a hoot. And that is Camp by Lev Frozen. Yeah, I've got my early copy of it. It just, oh, it looks so, so good. Yeah. My next pick is uh, I Kissed Alice by Anna Birch. Uh, This one I'm particularly hyped about because I got to read a little bit of it early. Um, It's a YA rom-com about two girls who absolutely hate each other. um, (laughs) And the two of them are competing to win a major scholarship to to an art school. And they they retreat to this fan fiction site that they love where they are unknowingly working on a comic together. (laughs) Uh, And it turns out they like each other a lot online. In fact, perhaps they've caught feelings online. And what happens when the two of them realize that that they're smitten with their worst enemy? And uh, I I can't wait to actually dig in and get through this entire book. It's it the premise is just total geeky YA catnip for me. Uh, And that is I Kissed Alice by Anna Birch. Oh, and this one comes out this one comes out next month. Yeah. My next pick is You Should See Me in a Crown by Leah Johnson out June 2nd. And I know I've talked about this one on the podcast a couple times, but I finally read it and I loved it just as much as I hoped I would. So it's a story about a girl named Liz Lighty, who is too black and too poor for her small Indiana town. And she is really eager to get out of town with a scholarship to her dream college. The college is called Pennington. But the book opens with her not getting the scholarship and now to get out of town to make sure that she's not an additional financial burden on her already financially strapped grandparents, Liz decides she needs to come up with another plan. So in her town, they're obsessed with prom the same way that football is the obsession in small town Texas. (laughs) And she hates it. Liz hates it. It's, It's annoying. But there is a scholarship attached to being named prom queen, and Liz decides that this might be her ticket out. It's based on, um, the, the title is based on community service, on grades, like it's a whole series of things that people have to do to even be considered. And she knows if she gets a scholarship, she can go to Pennington, but what she doesn't expect is to start catching feelings for a new girl in town who also happens to be running for prom queen. Uh, This book is a total delight from start to finish, though it doesn't shy away from some real heavy stuff. Liz's family has experienced so much challenge and grief with her mother dying young, her father leaving the family, and her younger brother, who is an incredible character. The relationship between her and her younger brother is awesome. He struggles with sickle cell. And so that is a topic that comes up quite a bit in the book. But through the entire story, this family is so tough and loving and bound and determined to make sure that Liz gets to go to college where she wants to go. Um, it's swoony and oh, it was, you know, I was reading that it was reminiscent of like 90s teen rom-coms and I kind of agree. It was very like, pop culture and fun and very of the moment. Just a delight. And that is You Should See Me in a Crown by Leah Johnson. All right. My next one is uh, The State of Us by Sean David Hutchinson. Mm, I so, love this one. Yeah. And, you know, and like speaking of authors who like Katie Katunga earlier just have 
book after book he had a hitting. Here's a here's another one by Sean uh, coming out this summer. Uh, this one dives into politics about two teens whose parents are on opposite sides of the political divide uh, that end up catching feelings for one another and just can't stay away no matter how badly uh, they should. Uh, this one publishes June 2nd, so that's... Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's also the week this podcast. So yeah, lots of stuff hitting the week this podcast hits. And that's uh, The State of Us. I love that one. It was really good. My next pick is The Black Flamingo by Dean Atta. And I think this will be my next read for a few reasons. It, uh, it won a Stonewall Award last year, even though it isn't out in the US until this week. It came out in the UK last year. It's a novel in verse, too, so that's super appealing. And then the blurb. Um, I'm just going to read the blurb. Michael is a mixed-race gay teen growing up in London. All his life, he's navigated what it means to be Greek, Cyprite, and Jamaican, but never quite feeling Greek or Black enough. As he gets older, Michael's coming out is is only the start of learning who he is and where he fits in. When he discovers the drag society, he finally finds where he belongs, and the Black Flamingo is born. Told with raw honesty, insight, and lyricism, this debut explores layers of identity that make us who we are and allow us to shine. And that is The Black Flamingo by Dean Atta. Yes, I can't wait to read this one. Yes, me too. Cannot wait. Um, and my last one uh, is uh, The Falling in Love Montage by Ciara Smith. Uh, so this is a book I've heard some friends buzzing about. Um, it's about two teen girls who skip all the introductions and dating bits and just dive into a, well, a montage of epic dates in a summer world with romance that they're planning to be, you know, sort of strings and stakes free. Uh, but that that's, of course, not going to be the case. Uh <laughs> So 17-year-old cynic uh, Sarasi Clark isn't looking for a relationship, uh, but when she meets the mischievous Ruby, that rule goes right out the window. Sort of. Uh, because Ruby has a loophole in mind. A summer of all the best cliche movie montage dates with a definite ending come the fall. No broken hearts, no messy breakup. It would be the perfect plan if they weren't forgetting one thing about the falling in love montage. When it's over, the characters have fallen in love for real. Uh, and this one hits <laughs> June 9th, and that just sounds so delightful. Yeah, it sure does. My uh, next pick is Felix Ever After by Case and Calendar. I haven't read this or any of Case and Calendar's work yet. I've had this one sitting on my shelf, and I really want to. So, again, getting a little blurb. Felix Love has never been in love, and yes, he's painfully aware of the irony. He desperately wants to know what it's like and why it seems so easy for everyone but him to find somebody. What's worse is that even though he is proud of his identity, Felix also secretly fears that he's one marginalization too many, black, queer, and transgender, to even get his own happily ever after. When an anonymous student begins sending him transphobic messages after publicly posting Felix's dead name alongside images of him before he transitioned, Felix comes up with a plan for revenge. What he didn't count on? His catfish scenario landing him in a quasi-love triangle. As he navigates his complicated feelings, Felix begins a journey of questioning and self-discovery that helps redefine his most important relationship how he feels about himself. This sounds so good. Yes. That is Felix Ever After by Case and Calendar. Hooray! Did you have any others? That's it for my Rex. I've got one last one before we sign off. 
I just listened to this in audio. I may have even talked about it in the last episode, but I'm still thinking about it. And that's All Boys Aren't Blue by George M. Johnson. This is one that's performed by Johnson himself, and it's a it's a memoir. So um, I really thought that this is one of those books that only Johnson could perform. If anybody else did it, it would miss a lot of the, the nuance and depth. So it's about the mental health stigma in the queer community, about what it means to live at the intersections of queer and Black, and the tremendous challenges and the power and the energy there is in living as you truly and really are. Um, this is what I would pair with Stamped by Kendi and Reynolds, uh, both on audio, in fact, because they were so good. And yeah, this one's out. Like I said, it's a memoir, so um, add some some nonfiction to your TBR as well. And that is All Boys Aren't Blue by George M. Johnson. All right, and I think that's our show. Yeah, I think so too. Thank you all for tuning in this week. You know, I before I continue, <laughs> Eric's like, oh no, what is she going to like drop <laughs> on me now? You know what would be fun next episode is just to do like a giant preview of Summer YA. Wait, what? What happened? I said, wouldn't it be fun next episode to do just like a giant preview of YA coming out in the summer? Yeah, that could be fun. <laughs> I love how you were like, wait, what? <laughs> I was like, wait, that's, I think that's what I thought I was doing. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah, that's why I was like, oh, well, Eric's already kind of prepped for that. So. <laughs> hmm. Well, listeners, you'll have to tune in again in two weeks and see if that's what actually happens or not. Um, if you've got any feedback about the show, you can leave it on Apple Podcasts. Let us know how we're doing, and this will help other people find us. Thanks again to today's sponsors for helping make the show possible. And you can follow me, Kelly Jensen, on Instagram as Hey Kelly Jensen, And you can follow Eric Smith on Twitter and on Instagram as Eric Smith Rocks. And we will talk to you again together in two weeks.